0: hi welcome to the romance me podcast this is erica and i'm em and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan i'm your number one fan too that sounded sarcastic i didn't mean it sarcastically god damn my voice (laughs) i I, I thought you were channeling your inner annie wilkes yeah no no (laughs) yeah i don't know i i am sarcastic unintentionally the fucking time anyway any moving forward (laughs) now now come here so i can
1: hobble you (laughs) Ah! (laughs) today we'll be discussing red white and royal blue by casey mcquiston america's first son alex claremont diaz is convinced he has a nemesis in the british prince henry of wales due to a previous snubbing when an act of clumsiness creates a seventy-five thousand-dollar problem that requires the first son and prince to play nice for the public and their respective world leaders, Alex learns the truth behind Henry's carefully crafted image. Soon, Alex and Henry must make a decision that will go down in history. There will be spoilers beyond this point, And we have a content warning for homophobia. I stupidly wanted to say yay after that. And <laughs> it's not yay. Homophobia is not yay. <laughs>
0: So. I don't think we have really good impulses this episode. <laughs> I'm trying to sound sincere and coming across as sarcastic as fuck. And you, you, you're doing, like, inappropriate yays. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Poorly timed yays? I don't know. I don't know where this episode is going.
1: Uh, I think you should ask me about the setting, because okay. this is like an alternate universe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you tell me when you're ready, and we'll go. <laughs> oh, I, I'm ready.
0: Well, Erica, how about you tell me about the setting?
1: Okay, so <laughs> this takes place on a parallel world, yep. very similar to our own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, except that in the 2016 United States election, uh, we elected the first female president who is named Ellen Claremont of Texas. Across the pond, there's the royal family with uh, Queen Mary. So, yeah. Uh, Other than that, I would say it's pretty similar to our world. Yeah, I mean, it feels
0: like our world, but it's obviously not our world. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: I was reading the author's note at the end of the book, and it's like, yeah, so... I was writing this book and then all this stuff happened. (laughs) And this book turned into something else. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, all right, then I, I get it. Our main character is Alex Claremont Diaz, and he is the son of the first female president of the United States. And he still lives at home He's college-aged, and his sister is, I think, a couple years older than him. Her name is June. She also lives at the White House. And then his mom is actually divorced from his father and has remarried, and Alex's stepfather is named Leo. I don't know. It's very interesting. Honestly, I kind of wonder, like, if if that's something that could actually happen in the U.S., <laughs> unfortunately. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see if it ends up happening. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll know. We've got a female president. She has biracial children because her first husband and the father of her children is is Latino and she's divorced and remarried. I don't know. It just seemed wild to me reading it. I was like, really? Really? Like I don't know what I
0: want to say. <laughs> like I said, well, we'll have to see if it happens.
1: That's the only way we'll know. I have a lot of thoughts on this setting, honestly. I think that it was interesting reading a story that was written contemporaneously with reality, mm-hmm. but diverges from reality in, like, certain ways. Yeah, it was it interesting. honestly made me feel kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to live there. <laughs> can I go to that timeline? <laughs> yes, can we jump? <laughs>
0: Who jumped (laughs) timelines. Was it that theory of like infinite universes? Yeah, maybe, maybe there is one that's very similar to this fictional world. And I mean, this
1: world isn't all perfect either. There's no crappy stuff in the world in this book, but it, I don't know, like, current event wise, it's like the last six years or whatever. Completely different from this book. Yes. (laughs) Moving on. The president and her family are invited to the royal wedding in England, because the oldest prince, Prince Philip, is getting married. Yay! Alex is not excited to go, because he feels like he has, like, a rivalry with the younger prince, Prince Henry, who is, I think, around his age. He used to, like, really like the prince. Like, when he was younger, he was really intrigued by him, and thought he was really interesting and cool, like, his perception of him or whatever, and then After his mother was elected to the presidency, he had the chance to meet the prince at the Olympics one year. Went over and introduced himself. Prince Henry was very rude to him and gave him, like, the immediate brush off and had his personal handler or security or whatever, like, get rid of him. Like, can you get him away from me? (laughs) That type of thing. And after that, Alex has kind of felt a lot of angst. Yes. About Henry. Yeah,
0: because I think it gets revealed later. I don't think it's revealed at that point, but it's revealed later that, you know, Alex kind of had a crush on him.
1: Yeah, later in the book, I think everyone except Alex knows that Alex had a crush on him. (laughs) (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) So he's at the wedding, and he's just getting drunk and thinking these thoughts about how terrible Prince Henry is. (laughs) good plan how dare he how dare he be so wonderfully prince-like and so boring and standoffish and horrible at the same time (laughs) there's a point where henry asks uh alex's sister june to dance and alex is again just like oh don't dance with him oh my god i hate this like he's just can't handle it he's drinking he's thinking and then he sees Henry standing alone by the wedding cake. And there was this quote I had to point out. <laughs> which says, he's too perfect. Alex wants to poke it. <laughs> that made me think of you, um. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. God. My predilection for poking. I was like, oh, there's a button right there. Poke, poke, poke. Yeah. That's how Alex is. <laughs>
0: yeah, they'd be like, don't press the red button. But it's there. <laughs> It's looking at me.
1: <laughs> and so Alex basically goes over there with the intention to start a fight with Prince Henry. <laughs> <It's just> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a verbal sparring.
0: <laughs> Definitely.
1: And they do. They have a little banter back and forth, and Henry realizes that Alex is drunk, and he's just like, I am removing myself from this situation and fucking off. Goodbye. <laughs> Alex is like, oh, no, no, you can't have the last word. And he grabs his jacket and Henry pulls away, which makes Alex start to fall. And as he's falling, he grabs Henry again (laughs) to try to right himself. (laughs) But unfortunately, they both fall into the wedding cake. The very expensive, very fancy wedding cake worth 75k. (laughs) Oh, my. Which is obscene. Yes. Yes, it is. Back at home, Alice gets pulled aside by Zara, who's basically the White House cat herder. (laughs) Yeah, basically. She lays down the law. She's like, okay, well, this is a horrible PR nightmare, and this is how we're going to fix it. And I've arranged it all. And here is Prince Henry's fact sheet. Memorize all this, because you're now his best friend. (laughs) Y'all are going to get together and... You're going to spend a weekend in London and do PR and charity events and picture opportunities and TV interviews. And it's going to be great. And you're going to love it. And you're going to know everything about him. And now your friends. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the reason this is such a big deal. I mean, aside from the fact that it's 75K and, you know, world leader from one country interacting poorly with the royal family of another country, is that we're nearing Alex's mom's re-election. She's three years into her first term, and so they're starting to look at campaigning for re-election. And her son being a butthead to the royal prince of England probably won't look good for her.
0: Probably not.
1: Alex gets to London. He's picked up by Henry's handler admins slash guard i'm not sure what his role is and i'm gonna butcher his name but i'm gonna go with shan yay we're just gonna roll with it hope it's fine sorry if it's wrong we're rolling and immediately is required to sign a non-disclosure agreement on one hand he's like yeah of course i have to sign a non-disclosure agreement but on the other hand he's like what the heck does henry have to hide he's so boring and insufferable (laughs) What could I possibly find out about him that would be something they wouldn't want me to tell anyone? I don't know. He gets greeted by Henry. There's like a photo op and they're like, I'd rather be waterboarded. Hi. Yeah, we're friends. (laughs) Alex gets a room in, is it in the palace? I don't know. In the house where they all live, I guess. Well, the residence. who knows? How does it work in Britain? I don't know. (laughs)
0: they all live in castles
1: and (laughs) uh yeah no I, i very obviously have no idea so he's in his room chatting on the phone with i think nora who is the vice president's granddaughter and she's part of his friend group so it's like him his sister and nora they're the the first trio essentially he has kind of a history with nora too but they're firmly in best friend zone at this point yes they're talking it's really late at night and henry comes into alex's room and starts rummaging through his freezer and pulls out ice cream bars and alex is like um hi <laughs> <laughs> excuse you <laughs> henry's like oh i thought you'd be asleep i knew they were gonna stock your fridge and i'm all out so
0: don't i the attractive british man just walking through your <laughs> your area That sounded worse. That sounded so much worse than I meant it.
1: (laughs) He could walk into my area anytime. (laughs) Not that he'd want to. The thing is, though, it's just so bizarre. I don't know. I think that's a you thing. The fact that he would go into his guest's freezer in his guest's room without knocking and steal ice cream out of it, that's a me thing. That I think that's bizarre.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I'm not saying I would be pleased
1: but I wouldn't be surprised. There's just a thing here that kind of seemed odd to me because I don't know how in keeping it is with his character. He's very concerned with appearances, especially at this point in the story. And so for him to be caught in Alex's room would just be potentially bad.
0: Yeah, but he's also in his like secure area. Yeah, he's in a secure area. He's caught there, but they're not doing anything and this isn't the turn of the century i don't know
1: Maybe I don't understand. There's also the social niceties of, I have a guest at my house, I'm not going to go in my guest room while they're here.
0: Well, yeah. Like I said, I'm not saying I would be thrilled, (laughs) but I would understand. I could see that happening. That doesn't seem like a bizarre thing to me.
1: I kind of started wondering as the story progressed, like, did Henry hope that he'd get caught? Yeah, maybe he did. Because when he starts talking to Alex, he suggests that they practice for the TV interview they're going to have tomorrow and Alex of course is affronted by this he's like what are you saying I'm not prepared I'm totally prepared screw you go away (laughs) so he does not react kindly I kind of wonder was he offering an olive branch was he hoping maybe they could be friendly maybe kind of odd at 3 a.m and not knocking on the door and I don't know (laughs) (laughs) maybe you just have to accept the fact that you don't get to know i don't get to know no this scene really fucking bothers me um i don't know there's (laughs) it's the funniest stuff you know like all sorts of weird stuff i'll just let slide but this one it like pinged my this is fake (laughs) radar or something i don't know what to tell you my suspension of disbelief is sinking (laughs) so the following day they have the tv interview and it's fine It's followed by a charity appearance at a children's cancer ward at the hospital, which is also fine. I mean, depressing as hell because you're in a hospital with children with cancer, but yeah, Alex is done interacting with one of the children because they fall asleep, and so he's kind of like in the middle of, where do I go next? And he happens to see Henry, so of course he listens in. Of course. Henry is talking about Star Wars with one of the kids. And they're discussing their favorite Star Wars character. And the little girl really likes Leia. And Henry really likes Luke. And he says that, I think Luke is proof that it doesn't matter where you come from or who your family is. You can always be great if you're true to yourself. And then after he leaves, Alex catches up with him and says, oh, I'm really surprised that you actually have feelings. That's really interesting. (laughs) Didn't know you had this hidden depth here. (laughs) Light years of depth. (laughs) he's also surprised that henry likes star wars or even knows about star wars because none of this is on the fact sheet that alex got about henry none of this is part of the public image that is out about henry and as alex is poking poke 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 they hear a sound that sounds like gunshots and their security shoves them into a closet together (laughs) of course it's tight quarters And there's like pushing and prodding and elbowing in the ribs. And Alex is just very antagonistic throughout the whole thing. He really (laughs) likes poking Henry. Yeah. I love this quote. Henry says, I cannot believe even mortal peril will not prevent you from being the way you are. (laughs) Like, dude, we're trapped in a closet because guns. And you just won't shut the fuck up and leave me alone. (laughs) What's it going to (laughs) take? (laughs) henry asks alex why he hates him so much and alex brings up when they first met at the olympics and henry's like oh yeah i was basically an asshole to everyone during that time period because my dad had died the year prior so sorry about that but that's why (laughs) and little puzzle pieces start to fall into place for alex like oh his dad died from cancer and we're in a cancer ward this is one of the charities that is important to henry Huh. Ding, 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 ding. Turns out the gunshots were actually fireworks that someone brought in to one of the kids, which is not good. <laughs> no. But apparently it wasn't an attempt on their lives, so that was positive. The weekend is basically over at this point. Before Alex boards the plane to go back home, he grabs Henry's phone and puts his phone number into it. And tells him, you know, we should figure this out on our own without going through handlers since we're basically stuck being friends now. That's something that he and Henry discussed in the closet. They're never going to be able to not be friends now because of the cake incident. (laughs) (laughs) They're stuck with each other. They might as well try to figure things out. Back in the U.S., we learn a little bit more about Alex. Alex has political aspirations. He comes, I guess, from a political family because his mom is president. She was a senator before that. His dad is also a senator. Alex has aspirations of being the youngest elected congressman. He's planning to go into politics the second he graduates, which... His parents aren't super happy about. They would prefer he goes to law school first or something like that. But Alex is like, why wait? I must fly by the seat of my pants. (laughs) One of the things Alex has always done, though, is he's been very involved politically. And one of the things that he did with his father was help another senator campaign. And the senator is Rafael Luna. And he is 39. I think he's a Colorado senator. Mm-hmm. And he's openly gay. And Alex has always kind of idolized Luna. On the campaign, they formed a friendship, eating fast food out together. And Alex has kind of viewed Luna as a mentor. He goes to talk to Luna to see if Luna has any intel on who might be someone across the aisle who might be willing to endorse his mom's reelection. They want another independent or maybe a Republican or somebody to endorse. And Luna's like, I don't know. There's a lot of political intrigue in the background of this story.
0: Yeah, the author does not shy away from politics being a part of the story.
1: No, not at all. And I think, I think they do a good job too. I just, I'm worried I'm not doing it just so. Yeah, so that's an important part. It's important to know that Luna is Alex's friend and Alex views him as a mentor or someone to look up to. Oh, and then they have a family dinner, which they don't get very often, but every once in a while, Ellen, that's Alex's mom, will have like a pizza dinner and Alex and June and Leo and Ellen will all get together and they'll chat and try to be a normal family instead of the president and her family. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
1: One of the things that they talk about at this dinner is that Ellen wants Alex, June, and Nora to all be hired to work on her re-election campaign. Alex is super gung-ho about this. This would be his first job. It slots in nicely with his political aspirations. June is less enthused because she wants to be a journalist, and she's really struggled with being a journalist because she's the president's daughter. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, if I work on your campaign, that'll basically kill my career before it even starts. Nora is going to do statistics or something like that. Nora is like super smart and brainy and really kind of eccentric, I would say. Yeah. She's got her own drummer that she walks to, the beat of her own drummer. Definitely. I liked her.
0: Me too. It was funny.
1: Yeah, I liked both June and Nora. All of the kids, I mean, I call them kids. They're all in their 20s or whatever. But they're all cool, I thought. Yeah, me too. I feel like the relationship between every mom is believable. Yeah. And then finally, finally, the texting begins. Henry texts Alex some picture of a Star Wars thing. And then Alex texts him back. And it starts out with them poking fun at each other. And then slowly gets more friendly. And then it kind of gets actually friendly. They start to learn more about each other. Alex has figured out at this point, Henry isn't anything at all, like his public image whatsoever. It's pointed out later in the story, but you get the impression at this point that he's receiving texts from Henry and he's like grinning at his phone like an idiot and he's like super into it and everything. I mean, you you've all seen this, right? You know, you have a friend with a crush and they're like texting their crush and that look <laughs> on their face. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one of the things that they do talk about that's a little bit more serious is Henry says something like, oh, I had to go to a financial meeting or something like that. And Alex like pokes fun. Oh, the blood money or something, you know, because the royal family, England's history of imperialism. Mm -hmm. Henry tells Alex that he refuses to use the royal money and to this point has been living off of his inheritance from his father. And his father had left him enough money that he's able to be perfectly fine not touching the royal money. So I think this is maybe a good point to get into a little bit of Henry's history. Henry is obviously a prince of England. His mother is a princess and married an actor who was famous for playing James Bond. I guess it was kind of scandalous at the time. And then the actor, his father died of cancer and left him a bunch of money. And then his mom kind of sank into this deep depression and stopped interacting with her family. Basically, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so time has passed. It's now Thanksgiving. If you're familiar with the United States at all, you know Thanksgiving is a holiday. And one of the things that happens is the president pardons the turkey.
0: Is it one or two turkeys? There's a a formal pardoning.
1: Never mind that many, 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 many families in the US (laughs) don't pardon their turkeys. Yeah, they're not pardoning turkeys. They're eating turkeys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's a thing. I'm not even sure how it started or when it started. Gosh, I don't know. There's even like a cartoon movie about a turkey getting pardoned. What was that movie called? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) It's like a time travel turkey movie. I don't know.
0: I honestly don't know if I ever saw it. It
1: was actually cute. Oh, anyways, Alex suggests that the turkeys are kept in his room because he doesn't want them to be kept outside. Is that what the problem was? He didn't like where the turkeys were being kept. And he said, oh, well, their cages can be moved to my room. He, he was feeling protective of the turkeys, I think, initially, <laughs> but it turned out to be a very big mistake because it turns out that Alex is terrified of turkeys. And they're very scary and large and make horrific gobbling sounds. And honestly, it reminded me of this one time that M, you and I, Uh went to a party and we were chased by a turkey and a rooster. Were we? Yes, do you remember that? They, like,
0: ganged up on us. I don't recall this at all. (laughs) We were not the fowls they were looking for. I don't know. The host was like, yeah, they do that.
1: (laughs) 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 To be fair, we were teenagers. Alex is in his 20s, so maybe he should know better at this point. Turkeys are terrifying. You don't invite them into your room.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think anybody (laughs) can do something foolish at any age, so I don't think...
1: (laughs) So he's texting Henry about how freaking scary these turkeys are and Henry's making fun of him and in a fit of wanting to prove his rightness, he calls Henry, only accounting for the time difference. It's really, really fucking early in the morning where (laughs) Henry is. Oops. And he's like, I want you to listen to these turkeys gobble. And then the turkeys are quiet. (laughs) Of course. And Henry's like coaching him through it like, oh no, you have to communicate with the turkeys with your mind, Alex. (laughs) Like he knows what the fuck to do with turkeys. You psychically link with the turkey. (laughs) But it's actually, it's a really funny incident and it, I think, is a major step. One of the milestones in their growing friendship. They're now phone friends. They now talk on the phone instead of just texting. Yay. Now it's Christmas. Alex's father, Oscar, comes for Christmas, which initially seemed totally fine oh yay it's the whole family getting together even though the parents are divorced it's okay now it's not awkward at all right only of course it's not okay because inevitably the conversation turns to the re-election campaign and oscar offers to campaign with ellen to help her out because he's worried she's not going to get re-elected And Ellen's like, yeah, and throwing my ex-husband in everyone's face and reminding them that I am divorced is totally going to help me. Yeah, thanks a lot. (laughs) And then Oscar starts getting peeved because it's like, oh, you're just going to pretend Leo's their dad or what? (laughs) They're your children. They're not props for you. And it gets kind of heated and Alex kind of yells at them and then runs away to his room. He doesn't run away. He huffs off. (laughs) And he's just full of angst. And he's got a lot of feels that are brought up here. He misses simpler times. He has this key that he wears around his neck. It's the house key that he used to live in with his parents. And he just, I think he still kind of holds on to that in his heart. I think that his parents being here and obviously not together and obviously not on the same page just brought up a lot of the hurt from his past. It was around this point in the story that I felt like Alex seems a lot younger than he is. Hmm. I don't know if it was the author's intention or not it could have been because one of the things about Alex is he's a very driven person he knows what he wants he works really hard he's good at school he's good at getting people to like him he's good at his image but he is very superficial too. gets very much about image for him he doesn't have close relationships with very many people. He doesn't have much going for him aside from his political aspirations at this point. He knows he wants to make a difference in the world. He knows he wants to have a legacy of some kind. But aside from that, he seems kid-like.
0: No, I sort of interpreted him as being like asymmetrically developed. Yeah. He lives a very isolated life. He cuts out certain things. Like he's not very emotionally developed. Or mature yet. Definitely.
1: Those kinds of things, which will come in time. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. He's he's emotionally young. Yeah. Okay, so he's in his room, he's upset, and he wants to call and talk to somebody. He thinks so oh, he'll call Nora, but no, Nora'll be busy, so he calls Henry. And of course it's the <laughs> middle of the night again. <laughs> Luckily Henry has insomnia, so it doesn't really affect him too much. How convenient. This is the point where Alex really opens up to Henry and tells him all about his parents' divorce and all the feelings that he's having and how he kind of erupted earlier. And Henry says that it sounds to him like Alex did his best. And that's something that is new for Alex. He's not used to someone telling him, oh, you're good enough the way you are.
0: Did you get the impression that with Alex's parents that they told him that he wasn't good enough? He must have picked it up somewhere.
1: I don't think that they told him he wasn't good enough, but I think that you can be in a situation where you aren't told that you're good enough either.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that's true.
1: And I think that that's something that you can internalize. If his parents are constantly, like, pushing him to do better and work harder and achieve your goals and all these things, I mean, those are all great things to tell your kid, but you should also tell your kid that they're good and they're great the way they are and you love them the way they are. Yeah, <laughs> And I think that that's a piece that gets missed. And I think especially in Alex's case, like maybe that piece got missed because he has really ambitious parents. No, I agree. I think you're right. As Alex is talking to Henry, June comes in to talk to him, make sure he's okay and do the big sister thing. June is very protective of Alex. Yeah, she is. She ends up finding out that Alex had called Henry. She's happy. She's like, oh, you made a friend. I'm so glad. (laughs) And Alex is like, no, he's not my friend. What are you talking about? Alex is in denial throughout most of this story about everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So now it's New Year's Eve. Every year, the White House trio of of kiddos, kiddos, the White House trio, the first (laughs) children throw a charity gala, which is essentially a giant party. But there's charity involved, so it's okay. Henry got invited. Alex is a little freaked out over it. He's like, how did Henry get on the guest list? And June and Nora are like, oh, aren't you guys friends now? Of course we invited him, obviously. (laughs) We gave him a plus one. It's fine. And Alex is like, "What? Who is who is he bringing?" <laughs> oh, his best friend Pez. Oh, okay. <laughs> Henry shows up and Alex is very hospitable. <laughs> i don't know like he wants to make sure henry's having a good time he's worried about he's it He's very attentive yeah attentive that's the word thank you you're welcome i have my moments i'm at the point of my day where it's like everything is hard <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good time to record well yeah
0: <laughs> sorry things happened
1: <laughs> literally everything is hard for me right now <laughs> Alex is super attentive to Henry. There's lots of drinking and dancing and drunkenness, and it's very surreal. The way it's written, it sounds almost dreamlike. Alex is putting his hands on Henry's hips, trying to get him to dance, and Henry is like kind of into it, but also like, uh, no, I can't do that. There's all sorts of wild and crazy things going on. They all pause for the countdown, and when it's midnight, Alex and Nora kiss because they always kiss at midnight. They're friends. That's what they do. Alex sees that Henry was watching. They carry on partying, but Alex kind of just notices, where is Henry? Henry's gone now. Where did he go? He goes looking for him, and he finds Henry outside, in the cold, (laughs) being drunk and alone. Mm -hmm. Supposedly looking for Orion. Henry tells Alex that it gets a bit much, and he just needed some time. Alex is like, okay, but he doesn't really understand it because Alex is a total extrovert. (laughs) And there's this passage, I didn't write it down in the notes, but it was really sweet where he's like thinking to himself, you know, I could take the much from Henry and then he could still have fun. Maybe the much could pass through us if we touch shoulders. I thought it was really cute. It is cute. Henry starts talking about, oh, what would you do if you were an anonymous person and no one knew who you were? And Henry reveals if he were an anonymous person, he'd probably want to be a writer and he'd probably date more. And Alex says, well, you're a prince. Obviously, it's easy for you to get dates. And Henry says, well, the people I'm interested in just really aren't options for me. And Alex is very crazily oblivious (laughs) (laughs) at this point in the story. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. I do not understand. (laughs) These words are not computing. And Henry looks at him and is all, do you really seriously not understand? And Alex is like, no, I literally have no idea what you mean. And then Henry grabs his face and kisses him. And Alex is into it and he kisses him back.
0: Yay, he got the message finally.
1: <laughs> and then all of a sudden Henry pulls back and runs away.
0: As one does. Sometimes you just simply need to flee. <laughs> flee. <laughs> it's not productive, but sometimes it needs to happen.
1: <laughs> I totally get why Henry fled, honestly. He is so conflicted. He has so many issues poor Henry.
0: Yeah, he's bit overwhelmed.
1: Be the party's over. It's the next day. Alex is like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) I really liked that kiss. That was a good kiss. I'm into that kiss. He tries texting with Henry or calling him and Henry has gone completely silent. Full ghost. Boo. Alex is like, I thought I was straight though. (laughs) why do i like that why why am i so into this and then we get like this flashback of him doing sexual stuff with his male best friend in high school and he's like but that's just stuff bros do you know it wasn't like gay or not straight was it Hmm. maybe i don't know
0: have a little think on that buddy
1: (laughs) and he ends up (laughs) kind of i think just vaguely concerned he still hasn't like he's not come to terms with what enjoying that kiss might mean for his sexuality at this point he's more concerned about like if i'm not straight how is that going to impact my mom's career how is that going to impact public image how is that going to impact this other stuff that isn't me He goes to his mom and tells her he wants to start working on the campaign right away. He doesn't want to wait till he graduates. And his mom is like, okay, fine, you can go right to work. And he kind of throws himself into it and tries to get his mind off this kiss, his sexuality and all these things. But he's just feeling vaguely unsatisfied with life now that he realizes that he likes Henry that way. And so he decides, okay, well, Nora is by. Maybe I'll talk to Nora. She must have answers. This whole conversation with Nora is great. Because she's just like, yeah, no, I'm like five steps ahead of you already. Like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to rewind here. (laughs) He reveals that he got kissed by Henry and he liked it. Yeah, pretty much. And Nora's like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, Henry's gay. So that makes sense. (laughs) And Alex is like, what? (laughs) And she's like, well, yeah. Didn't you know he was gay? It's obvious he's gay. And Alex is like, but he goes out with women. And she goes, yeah, because he's a prince and he's not allowed to be gay, but he is gay nonetheless. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sexuality strangely does not require permission to exist
1: <laughs> right <laughs> and then she starts talking about yeah you know obviously you have this crush on henry and alex is like what are you telling me i'm bi right now and she's like oh i'm sorry did you need to were you coming out to me do i need to stop and listen okay here i'm here for you <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, moment, what kind of moment are we having here? so i can be present for it <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah It was a really funny scene. I really enjoyed it. Nora is is fun. Yeah, I love Dora, and she's just like obviously you're bi, Alex, and obviously Henry's gay. I don't know how you don't know all these things. (laughs) I knew this years ago.
0: He's been busy, not questioning himself. (laughs) He's had
1: political ambitions and stuff, and being the best son and all that. Alex decides he's gonna call this high school friend Liam that he had messed around with. Liam is, like, really, really surprised to hear from Alex. And Alex asks him, um, so did we have a thing in high school that I was completely oblivious about? (laughs) And I wrote this part down because Liam's answer is just so great. (laughs) Liam says, I don't know what kind of sexual crisis you're having right now, like, four years after it would have been useful, (laughs) but, well... (laughs) I'm not saying what we did in high school makes you gay or bi or whatever, but I can tell you that I'm gay. And even though I acted like what we were doing wasn't gay back then, it super was. Does that help, (laughs) Alex? (laughs) My Bloody Mary is here and I need to talk to it about this phone call. (laughs) 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 It's like, oh, Liam, you're great. Yes. Yes agreed luckily liam isn't holding a torch for alex or anything you know he's got a boyfriend he's moved on with his life or whatever but i just thought that was just wonderful Mm -hmm. and then after he says that alex is like um sorry (laughs) and liam's like jesus christ (laughs) alex has still been trying to get a hold of henry but henry will not return any contact attempts but Alex knows that he can't avoid him forever because the state dinner is at the end of January and the Prime Minister and Royal Family have been invited. So Henry is going to be there.
0: Can't avoid me forever.
1: Henry is there. Alex is ready. Dun dun. dun. He conspires. He gets Nora. He's like, Can you get Henry alone? And Nora's <laughs> like, oh hell yeah, I can get Henry alone. <laughs> Alex goes and talks to Amy, who's one of the Secret Service people. And he's like, I need to talk to the prince alone. And she's like, alone, alone? And he's like, yes. And so she's like, well, I can give you a few minutes in this room over here. Everyone's chatting after dinner. Alex, like, grabs Henry by the arm and, like, marches into this room where they're going to have this secret rendezvous. And Amy opens the door to the room and she's like, you're not going to kill him, are you? And Alex is like, I don't know yet. Maybe. Hopefully not. <laughs> Probably
0: not, but let's keep the options open just in case.
1: (laughs) They get in the room. They have some privacy finally. And Alex just essentially assaults him, like just starts kissing him. And Henry is like shocked at first, but then starts kissing him back. And it turns into this violent makeout session, like hot, but very fraught. Alex says, okay, you're going to stay super far away from me until the night is over. And then you're going to come up to my room. Am I going to do horrible, wonderful things to you? And Henry's like, okay then. (laughs) That's what happens. Henry comes up to Alex's room late at night and they do more making out. They have a very, especially at this initial part of their relationship, their friendship. Now they're introducing this more sexual element, more romantic element. It's very antagonistic still until this point where Henry comes up to Alex's room. And then it turns more soft and... A little bit more emotionally available, I think. Yeah, the walls are coming down. I felt like this was a bit of a turning point in their relationship, too. Up to this point, they're on opposing sides. And around this point in the story, they start to be on the same side.
0: Yeah, they become... I don't
1: know if a unit is the right word to put. They join forces. They make out. It's sweet. It's hot. They do mutual oral. Alex is like, well, you could stay, but I don't know what you want to do. And Henry's like, okay, well, I'll leave then. It's awkward. Like, they don't know how to end this rendezvous. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so bye. Now we're friends with benefits, I guess. Maybe, sort of. I don't know what this is. Because it can't be a relationship, can it? Nope. As the story progresses... They keep finding ways to get together. Events and things like that. Publicity as best friends and then private sexy times. They start emailing each other. They're very open with each other in the email, which I thought was <laughs> a big red flag and turned out to be, but <laughs> okay then. Well, <laughs> sending their private thoughts and personal stories and whatnot. And then they start spending the night after all. Well, I guess you can stay and sleep in the bed after all. It's fine. (laughs) We like it. Now they're in this interesting space where they're secretly dating, kind of. And the whole rest of the world thinks they're best friends. They have a lot of publicity surrounding their friendship. Alex eventually has a talk with June kind of about like how they don't have to be like their parents. June, I think, is feeling really... Worried about Alex and Alex's career choices, wanting to go into politics right away. I think Juna also has some angst for her own personal career aspirations, not really being achievable the way she wants them to be. She also finds out about Henry. She kind of has known this whole time ever since Alex saw a picture of Henry in a teen magazine that Alex has kind of had a thing for Henry. She's known that Alex and Henry are seeing each other, kind of. But she's been waiting, (laughs) patiently slash impatiently, for Alex to come out to her or open up to her. So (laughs) that happens... But this conversation with June starts Alex thinking about the future in a different way. He's not so sure that his original plan was the best plan and maybe he could still make a difference, leave a legacy, do all the good heroic things he wants to do a different way. And he starts thinking that he'll take the LSAT, look into going into law school. Now Alex is finally graduating college and he has a graduation party and during the party, he sees his dad sneak off with the senator, Rafael Luna. Alex is like, oh, I want to overhear their conversation. And so he follows them and eavesdrops shamelessly. And Oscar is trying to get Luna to come out and reveal something about the opposing candidate richards because apparently richards did something Uh bad and luna knows about it oscar is worried that ellen's not going to be able to get the votes that she needs to win a second term without outside help and besmirching her opponent's character and luna doesn't want to come out about whatever this thing is it feels weird to say like that little plot point there because there there's this underthread of it throughout the story it's not just like Woo, I'll pop this in here how it is in the summary part of our podcast. It's better done. So now you're probably wondering, is the shit gonna hit the fan soon? Yes, <laughs> the shit is gonna hit the fan really shit soon. Has hit the fan really, really soon. There's a fundraiser or something in Hollywood. All the kids are there. So Alex and Nora and June and Henry and his friend Pez. And they're all there. After this fundraiser, they go have this wild, drunken night in Hollywood. It's another very dreamlike sequence. The author writes several drunken sequences in this book. And they are very dreamlike, I felt. Just very hazy and... Manic and colorful, and a lot of things going on, and a little disorientation. They end up going to a hotel, and this is where they finally have the sex. If you don't count oral sex as sex, otherwise, they've had sex (laughs) a lot already. Time continues passing. There's more secret rendezvous, more excuses to be seen together. Alex is feeling like he's falling in love with him, but he's also kind of in denial about it. And then there's this total, utter, complete slap in the face on the political part of the story where Luna is revealed to have been offered a cabinet seat with Richards, the opposing candidate, and is now on Richards' ticket. And Alex feels extremely betrayed. Henry's there for him for that, ends up consoling him, and they fall asleep together. And then the next morning... Zara is trying to rush Alex out the door for a meeting and Henry literally falls out of the closet and Zara is like, oh, oh, so when did this happen? Ah. And she's very angry about it. (laughs) But in a nice way, the staff that Alex interacts with, we have Zara, Cash and Amy. Cash and Amy are secret service people. Zara is the admin. And they're all very pushy and bossy and like snappish with him. But it comes from a place of love zara has a ton of angst about this and she's like are you did you tell your mom does she know about this does she know that this is this is gonna affect her thing and this is bad and oh my god and ah her head explodes alex is like please don't tell my mom yet i haven't come out to her yet zara's like okay well you better alex does he comes clean about this secret relationship and then comes out about being bi and his mom prepares a powerpoint (laughs) and schedules (laughs) a meeting with him and this powerpoint includes slides such as exploring your sexuality but doesn't have to be with the prince of england and federal funding travel expenses booty calls and you so his mom is really conflicted because she loves alex she wants to be there for him she's totally fine with him being bi or whatever But she's also really concerned about, like, the ethical side of things, especially since she's the president. Funding can't be misused for things like this. And she ends up telling Alex, she kind of warns him, I think. She says, even if you don't stay with him forever, if people find out, that sticks with you forever. So you need to figure out if you feel forever about him.
0: Which is good advice, I think.
1: Figure your shit out, kid. But I'm gonna love you no matter what. Oh, and the other thing is that she also takes him off the campaign due to ethical reasons. Okay, so every summer, Alex has, like, this annual vacation at the Lake House with his dad and June and Nora. And this year, he invites Henry. And his dad figures out, like, he knows oh, you brought Henry here because he's your person and he's cool about it. There's a point where Alex and his dad are talking about love and his dad is talking about the relationship that he had with Alex's mom and how she was basically the love of his life, even though it didn't work out. But at least he got two awesome kids out of it. He says, that kind of love is rare, even if it was a complete disaster. Sometimes you just have to jump and hope it's not a cliff. Yeah, fair enough. And this spurs Alex to try to talk about the future with Henry. Like, I think he feels inspired by his dad. He and Henry go swimming in the lake, and it starts out really romantic and sweet, and Alex, like, starts talking about his feelings, and Henry is like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit, 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 feelings? shit, Feelings? What? The wall immediately comes up. <laughs> And he's like, okay, well, that was fun, but I'm pulled. I have to go inside now. Bye. And then the next day, Henry's gone. He left in the middle of the night. And Alex is just like, oh, buddy. okay. But Alex is not the type of person to take this kind of thing lying down. And after a week of silence from, from Henry, conspires with Cash and Zara to get him to London.
0: Grand gesture. Now. <laughs>
1: He gets on a fucking plane and flies to London. And when he gets to where Henry is, Shan is at the door and won't let him in. And so Alex starts causing a huge scene. Henry, Henry, let me talk to you. Darling, I have not yet begun Ah! to drama. (laughs) Seriously, he's like, oh, you wanted to be quiet about this? Yeah, no, that is not my way
0: not built with an off switch <laughs> alex is not <laughs> nope
1: <laughs> henry comes and actually lets alex in and he's like okay well, will come in we can do this in here and alex is like do what and henry's like i'm gonna let you say what you need to say and then you can leave and alex is like so upset i have feelings damn it <laughs> you will see these feelings <laughs> here is my heart it uh. is beating in my hand oh my kind of yeah no it's just the rip <laughs> oh yeah now he's like yelling at him he's like i fucking love you okay <laughs> which is the first time he says which is the best way to say i love you at full volume <laughs> oh and then this is of course a symbolic fun thing but Henry takes off his signet ring and puts it up on the mantle before he can have this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, okay, prince off. (laughs) Alex is trying to get Henry to reveal what he feels, if anything. This can't be one-sided. Henry's like, look, I can't do this because of my family. And Alex says, you're not even going to try to be happy. And Henry says, I've been trying to be happy my entire idiot life. (laughs) (laughs) my birthright is a country not happiness and alex says so this was never real (laughs) and then henry says Uh are you so self-absorbed as to think that this is about you and whether or not i love you rather than the fact that i am an heir to the fucking throne You at least have the option to not choose a public life eventually, but I will live and die in these palaces and in this family. So don't you dare come to me and question if I love you when it's the thing that could bloody well ruin everything. Again, Alex has been super obtuse and not read between (laughs) any of the lines and had to have Henry point blank tell him what the problem is. Poor Alex. I know.
0: (laughs) It's a little scary. He wants to go in politics and does not read between the lines. He's very, you know, (laughs) hard on his sleeve type of guy. Bless him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then Henry kind of reveals that he never really thought he was going to have a choice. He thought he was going to be doomed to being secretly gay and unhappy forever. And he had a thing for Alex for forever, but never really thought that Alex could ever possibly love him back. He thought, I'll enjoy this while it lasts. Then Alex started having feels and he started freaking out because what does that mean for him? <laughs> and Alex is like, well, I'll leave when you tell me to. <laughs> Which I thought was great. I really enjoyed that Alex is like, no, no, you have to make a choice, dude. Yes. <laughs> Either way, I need closure. <laughs> henry doesn't tell him to leave because he doesn't want (laughs) him to go they spend the night together and in the morning alex wakes up and he still doesn't know really what's going on in this relationship but then henry comes back in the room and he has breakfast for him it's sweet Mm -hmm. he wants to be with him They spend the day together, and Henry takes Alex to the museum and shows him all the stuff that he was into. They talk a lot about gay British history. They slow dance in the chapel, just like Henry used to fantasize about when he was younger. And it's all sweet and cute. When Alex leaves, Henry gives him his signet ring, and Alex puts it on the chain around his neck.
0: It's very sweet. But
1: you know this this hasn't solved any of the problems. No. That's nice that you want to be together. <laughs> there are still issues. So many issues. <laughs> they do more emailing. The emails are basically love letters, and Henry is trying to be a bit more real in his life in general and he ends up coming out to his brother philip and philip is like yeah well i knew you were gay but you're supposed to suck it up and do the prince thing anyway and that's just kind of really shitty and then footage is leaked of henry with his arm around alex Uh-oh. and their first impulse is of course to hide it because henry isn't ready to be out alex also isn't ready to be out because he's worried about the effect it would have on his mom's re-election June at this point jumps in and she's like, oh no, Henry was actually dating me all (laughs) along. And then Nora's like, oh yeah, and we got back together, right? They're doing this whole shitty fake relationship thing. No one's happy with it, but they're not really sure what else to do. Uh, Henry has like this meeting with June like a whole publicity meeting where the press can get photos of them together. After that, he gets in the car with Alex and Alex is comforting him. They're kissing and it's very sweet and everything. And then after that, Alex confronts Raphael Luna, the senator, because we're back on the political <laughs> side of things. How could you betray my mom like that? Go across the aisle to that evil person, Richards, be on his campaign. I looked up to you. I thought I wanted to be you. And Luna's like, you're nothing like me. And then Alex basically comes out to him and heavily implies that he's with Henry. And Luna's like, you cannot tell me these things. (laughs) Get out. You're not allowed to tell me these things. This is bad. (laughs) I don't know this. I'm putting my fingers in my ears. Tra la la. Oops. (laughs) And then the shit really, really hits the fan and photos of him comforting Henry in the car are leaked. And all the emails Uh are leaked. And it is bad. It's a huge issue. Zara takes away Alex's phone and ushers him into his mom's office and his mom kicks everybody else out and she's like, Let me talk alone with my son. The second they're alone, she says, Are you okay? (gasps) I really (laughs) like Alex's mom. Yeah. There are things about her that I was like, really? But I think she really cares about her kids and maybe struggles to show it. But her heart is definitely in the right place. And you really get that in this scene. There's this really good quote from her that I wrote down. She says, I am your mother. I was your mother before I was ever president, and I'll be your mother long after, to the day they put me in the ground and be on this earth. You are my child. So, if you're serious about this, I'll back your play. And then she asks him again, do you feel forever about him? And Alex is like, I don't know. So... He gets his phone back. He's trying to talk to Henry, but Henry's not answering any of his calls. Probably because they took Henry's phone away. <laughs> Maybe. There's also all this intrigue. Who sprung the leak? Was it Luna? Alex says to his mom, you know, I did tell Luna that I was with Henry and I was by and everything. She's all, but you told him that after this happened. So the timelines don't add up, but they still kind of suspect him a little bit. And then Zara gets Alex to London And forces Shan to let Alex talk to Henry on the phone. Henry and Alex agree that they want to tell everyone the truth. Alex asks Zara, he's like, how did you have Shan's phone number? And why didn't you use it until now? And Zara's like, oh yeah, by the way, we're engaged. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my personal life. It's none of your business. Alex is able to be with Henry. It's great. Well, not great. (laughs) They're dealing with the fallout together, but they're going to be together. They're going to come out with the truth, even though they really didn't want to do that yet, and they didn't want to do it in this way. At some point, Philip shows up and tries to bully Henry into towing the line, like, hey, if you have to be gay, you don't have to do it this way. You could do it this other way. Secretly lie to yourself forever and be unhappy. And then finally, 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 Henry's mom steps up. If you remember, Henry's mom has kind of fucked off ever since Henry's dad died but she really comes to bat for her kid here. Which is good. Yeah. She shows up. I think it was needed too, because I think that Henry's mom knows how to play the game in the royal family in a way that Henry just does not. He does not know how to navigate that. I think Philip does, but he wasn't on Henry's side. So Henry definitely needed someone who knew what was going on, how to do things in that realm. They all have a meeting with the queen, Queen Mary suggests that they could just rug sweep everything and say it was all faked. Technology can do such weird things these days, you know. Mm -hmm. Catherine says, well, I think Alex should be made an official suitor because that's really the only way that Henry can live a life that isn't a lie. And the queen says, well, we could pay a woman to be Henry's wife and beard and then he can have Alex on the side and people will never accept him if he's out as gay. The queen is very concerned about public image and she's like, the people will never accept it. But then it turns out, I didn't talk about her, but Henry has a sister too named B, and B is in on this meeting and she's like looking at the media and she's like, it looks like everybody in the media likes them. <laughs> and then they open the window and there's like a mob of people outside the palace on board about it. And the queen's like, yeah, well, that's not everybody in the nation and... Catherine says, yeah, well, it's just the old people that aren't okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> she starts bullying her mom. She's like, well, maybe I should tell Parliament about how you may be no longer fit to rule because you forget things and you don't do this and you're bad at that or whatever. And kind of bullies her into submitting. <laughs> so yeah, Catherine rocks Yay. <laughs> at this point in the story. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> so they're free to be together and public about it. And then Alex asks June to write him a speech so he can come out to the world on his terms. They heard the story, but they didn't hear the story the way they wanted to tell it. And then the political intrigue comes to a close-ish because Nora got all this data, did a lot of looking into it and discovered who the leak was. And it turns out it came from the Richards (gasps) campaign. Shocking, I know. They're trying to figure out, well, how did the info get to you, though? How do we know this is a reliable source? But then Alex recognizes a code that is something that only he would know as something that he and Luna shared. So, yay, Luna came through after all. Yay, decency. Luna tells Alex that he had interned for Richards and Richards had sexually assaulted him. And the reason he moved to Richards' campaign initially was to find evidence of him abusing others. But then after Alex got outed, he knew it had to have been Richards and figured it out and sent all that info to Nora because he knew that would be the fastest way to get it out there. So, yay! Yay. Four weeks pass. Alex is now an official suitor to the prince. Henry is starting an international LGBT youth foundation. And Philip apologizes. So, a lot happens.
0: Dreams really do come true.
1: And now it's election night in the year 2020. (laughs) And Texas is a battleground state for the first time. And it's very dramatic. And they think they're going to lose. And it ends up being a close call. But at the end, Texas turns blue. Ellen wins her second term. And that's the end. Voila. How was the audiobook this time?
0: So, the audiobook was narrated by... Ramon De Campo, he did a really amazing job. I mean, there was a lot of ground to cover, accents and backgrounds and everything, because it was a, quite a diverse group. So, yay, which can be tricky. Well done, sir. Well done.
1: Are you happy for their happy
0: M? So, brace yourself. I am happy for them. I <gasps> know. Uh, a definitive what? answer. You should be a very A positive pleased. one, too. I think a lot of, I think they're positive. I think they probably come across as snarky most of the time. (laughs) It's just my (laughs) voice has a snarky, sarcastic quality.
1: I think your definition of positive is different from (laughs)
0: that. That very well may be true.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad.
0: I think they'll be happy. So I am yay.
1: What about you? Are you yay? Yeah, I'm happy for them too. I really enjoyed their journey. It was one of those stories where it was like, how is this ever going to work? But I think the author pulled it off in a relatively believable way. I think there probably are more hurdles for them in the future that they're going to have to overcome. Oh, yeah, probably. But I think that their relationship is solid and they're in it together and... I think they can make. Me it. too. How did you rate them? Let's rate Alex. So
0: for Alex, I put that he's awesome despite sometimes his awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he's awkwardly awesome. Yeah, it's just sometimes it was like, really are you not seeing this? Okay. Um <laughs> or like some of the things were just a little too awkward but for the most part awesome mostly awesome.
1: I rate Alex awesome as well. I really enjoyed him. He's a much different character than someone I can really relate to so it was kind of interesting to get inside his head. I did feel he was a little emotionally stunted but he did grow during the story. He experienced growth and change and whatnot. Yay! Character arc. He had a lot to jump through really because he discovers he's bisexual and has to come to germs with that. He rearranges his future ambitions, what he wants out of life. He finds true love. <laughs> How do you rate Henry?
0: Poor little Henry. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so buttoned up. I put him as awesome. He's got a lot that he's dealing with. It's hard to deal with. With pressures it's a terrible position to be in to feel like you have to put on a disguise yeah
1: to live a disguise
0: that's terrible it's one thing if you do that for for fun (laughs) or career or whatnot but for that to be your baseline and your normal poor dude I feel like he rose to the occasion. He was princely. He had
1: his issues, but they were worked on. I rate Henry awesome as well. I thought he was really great. And I thought that the author had quite the job ahead of them by telling the story mostly through Alex's point of view and yet letting us know what's going on with Henry, especially because Henry has so much inner turmoil and outer turmoil and stuff in his life yeah he's got quite a lot of the turmoil pie yeah i think if (laughs) if we had been in henry's head at all it would have maybe been overwhelmingly sad because it was sad already and (laughs) there were several parts in the story that really resonated for me you know the fact that he felt like he never really had a choice The fact that he never really thought he was going to find someone who would love him back and want to love him openly. There's a whole thing where he kind of thought his mom had written off being a mom and then she resurges with a vengeance, thankfully. But he's awesome. I think the author did a good job with him. How do we feel about the antagonists slash villains in this story, Anne?
0: I put Richard the Bastard at the top. Effective asshole. Sometimes somewhat too distant. You know, to be, to feel like a threat. Luna, I thought, was effective. He did have moments of villainy. Some slight villainy. I think a sympathetic villain, I guess, or antagonist. And then society, I thought, was an effective antagonist. I
1: agree with you about Richards being an effective antagonist, although I also agree he was really distant he did out alex and henry's relationship and everything but he did it to better his chances of winning the election he didn't do it out of it wasn't personal against alex so it was kind of a different sort of take on a antagonist
0: does that make it better or worse it's not personal it's just business
1: i think it makes him more evil yeah
0: (laughs) callous disregard
1: yeah, he doesn't really care whose life he fucks up. He's just trying to win the election. But it did provide a good foil for Alex's mom, who is very much, yeah, this is going to fuck up my re-election, but I love you more than I love that. Yes, I thought that was good. I also put the queen. Huh? Yeah. She was particularly nasty at the end. That's true. She didn't even approach it head on at all. She's just like, yeah, so this is totally a misunderstanding right henry <laughs> she's like i can't even discuss the possibility of you being gay like that's just too horrible for me oh
0: honey you don't
1: understand what horrible is it was pretty bad and then also henry's older brother philip even though philip apologizes at the end i think philip is just like totally drunk the kool-aid yeah he wasn't really doing it i think to be mean to henry he was just look i'm towing the line so you should do yeah. this is our life and then, of course, society. And of course, Luna, I put as an antagonist. And then I know we don't really do this anymore, but they were each other's antagonists, I think. Yeah. Alex, especially, <laughs> <Yeah>. was like, poke, poke, poke. Very aggressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that can be fun. It was, it was, but it, it was, there, there was a lot of pent up aggression there. I think the biggest antagonist for me and the most effective one is Henry's position in life. Mm. I think Mm -hmm. the thing that really drove that home was like, you could leave the public eye, Alex, but I'm always going to be part of the royal family. Even if I abdicate, I'm always going to be part of this family. That's who I am.
0: Yeah. It's not just being born into a public eye. It's so much more than that.
1: Yeah. And I think that that was probably the biggest obstacle for them as a couple. And I think it was a very present part of the story and very effective as a quote villain because that's what kept henry from committing fully until the end yeah how do you rate the book
0: i really enjoyed the book so i gave it a 4.5 i was very entertained what about you
1: i rated it a 3 i i liked the book and it was funny and good but i think it was hard for me to invest fully in the alex character Mm. even though i think he was well done His whole personality was hard for me to get into, I guess. You know, he's very much like a take-the-bull-by-the-horns-and-ride-it-off-into-the-sunset type of guy, Mm -hmm. you know. And, And while I like that about him, I just didn't get it and i think that maybe the author could have done more to round him out perhaps while he did experience a lot of growth i think that he probably could have experienced more growth and i think that the ending was maybe a little too pat oh yay it's all happy now yeah maybe so while i feel like the relationship part of the story is solid and really good, I feel like the environment that the author put, put their characters in could maybe have been handled more. Like I okay. would have liked more resolution as to the impact that those environmental factors had. So did you feel... I did. I really thought there was a lot of chemistry between Alex and Henry. I enjoyed the push-pull between the two of them. I liked how Alex was so aggressive initially, and it just kind of turned into, he didn't know what he was doing. Like, he didn't know. <laughs> But then as he realized who he was, learned more about himself, I think the way he handled his relationship and interactions with Henry morphed also, and I I yes. I liked that. I think that it helped complement his whole identity journey. What did you think? Were you romance?
0: I was charmed. I was entertained. Ugh. I was not romance. You're just
1: trying to lay it soft, aren't you? You're just like, I was charmed. <laughs> Is that okay? Hi. It's not like I didn't enjoy the book. I did. Yeah, you did. 4.5 is really yeah, good.
0: But I, well, I wasn't romanced.
1: Can you explain why? Do you know why?
0: I don't know if I really even know why. The books that I've read in which I did feel romanced, that did not happen. It's not so much that there is a thing. It's more the absence of a thing. If that makes sense.
1: It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: accept. Good job. Good <laughs> job
1: trying <laughs> i still support the progress what else have you been reading
0: i'm in the process of reading i haven't finished it it's called pep talks for writers and it's by grant balkner he helps run nano and so he offers insight into his writing process and the processes of other writers some tips metaphorical shoulder to cry on you know that kind of thing but it's really entertaining i really like it by the time this airs this should be i don't know if camp nano will have started it might so there you go anyway
1: (laughs) awkward transition what about you what are you reading i recently (laughs) finished destroyer by anna carvin shocking i know but it is a sci-fi romance it's a slow burn romance very heavy on the sci-fi this Mm -hmm. one dark again but the main character is a human woman named kalexa She is a former slave turned arena fighter turned mercenary for hire, sort of. Okay. She has her own spaceship and her own crew and does stuff for money and she's currently transporting a group of people to a sanctuary planet when they get overtaken by bad guys and so they do a jump through a wormhole thingy and land in a very distant uncharted part of the universe and they're like what the fuck i don't know where we are and then they get pulled on board this ginormous massive spacecraft okay everyone on her crew is freaking the fuck out and these scary purple and black alien dudes come up and one of them is scarier than the rest of them she and he fight he ends up taking her however he (laughs) had good intentions to take her off the ship because he wanted to put a translator in her head so he could actually talk to her and ask her for help (laughs) Because he and his other fellow purple dudes want to escape. (laughs) But it's really dark. There's a lot of fighting because there's other aliens on the ship that aren't so nice. Okay. And the heroine is super badass. She's been like technologically enhanced. So she's got sci-fi powers. I really really liked how strong the heroine was and how she went through like so much trauma and came out the other side and was still whole. All right, so that's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. Don't forget you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify, or find us on Twitter at romancecast.
0: Speaking of Twitter, were you romanced by Alex and Henry's story? Let us know what you think, and of course, join us next time when we discuss Nice Girls Don't Have fangs <laughs> by Molly Harper. Bye. Bye. <laughs> So I looked up all that turkey stuff, because then we started talking about, you know, the turkey hardening. I guess it didn't become an official tradition until George H.W. Bush. Ah! I didn't realize it was so, um, invasive. Yeah, it, it was, because I guess they did it, but not, like, consistently. But it started in the 40s, which is kind of what I was thinking, because, you know, first depression and then the war. I do think it's interesting that with George W. Bush's presidency, they started having, probably because it started to be a tradition, backup turkeys. Oh, uh, really? According to
1: Wikipedia,
0: so assuming if that's accurate.
1: Since you're providing some clues on the turkey thing, I'd like to say that the movie I thought of was called Free Birds, Uh starring Uh the voice
0: of Owen Wilson, Woody Harrelson, and Amy Poehler. And it's
1: a time travel turkey movie. Of course there is!